Hello, and welcome to Chick Talk, podcast presented by the Swine Health Information Center. I'm Barb Detterman, your host for this edition of Chick Talk. Chick is made possible by Pork Checkoff Funding, and our mission is to protect and enhance the health of the U.S. swine herd. We do that through coordinated global and domestic disease monitoring, targeted research investments, and analysis of swine health data. Joining me today on Chick Talk is our Executive Director, Dr. Paul Sunberg, and Associate Director, Dr. Megan Niederwerder. Both of you are very heavily involved in planning for 2023. We use the term plan of work, but in reality, a lot of us probably don't know exactly what goes into that. So can you describe that process just a little bit and why it's important to Schick's mission? Yeah, Barb, I think I'll start with that, Megan. Schick was formed to focus on emerging diseases. We don't know when an emerging disease is going to show up. If we identify one, it might not happen. If we identify one, and it might happen at 5 p.m. on Friday. So what we're trying to do with a plan of work is give us an outline of things to focus on during the year. And one of the things that Schick really tries to strive for is flexibility and urgency. The plan of work is developed every year with that in mind. We've got to figure out what we want to accomplish in those 12 months and how we're going to do it. And that's why we talk about a plan of work for the next year to give us that guideline on urgency, on flexibility, on accountability, so we have some way to report back to producers about successes and about failures that we didn't get done. Megan, is there anything that you'd like to add? Yeah, I think one of the other benefits of having a plan of work, not only providing sort of a roadmap or an outline of what the goals are and and what we would like to accomplish over the next year, but it also provides transparency for our stakeholders, the producers, as well as the researchers who may want to apply for research funding through the Swine Health Information Center. We refer back to that plan of work and say, does the research objectives fit within our plan of work and our goals for the year? And I think that transparency really helps us not only reach the goals, but hopefully, again, be adaptable to what's currently going on in the industry. So what would you consider some of the highlights or accomplishments from this past year's plan of work? Paul, do you want to start with that one? Sure, I'll start with that one. I'm working on the 2022 report to the National Pork Board right now. That will be published most probably on our SHIC website mid-ish December, so people will be able to see the um, 2022 report. There were a lot of things that were accomplished, and uh, I've got to say that Probably the first one on my mind is about all of the things that we've done centered on Japanese encephalitis virus in Australia. I think that was a real good example of Schick's mission of monitoring and planning for emerging disease. In 2013, before Schick was formed, we knew about PED in China and we knew it was moving and we knew it was happening and we all said, boy, it's a good thing we don't have it here and we all went back to the jobs. In 2022, this was a good example of changing that type of philosophy. There's a disease in Australia that's happening right now. It's emerging, it's affecting pigs, it's affecting people, and we've got to do our best to prevent it here in the US. If we can't prevent it, we've gotta be prepared should it come, 
and we've got to be able to respond. And I think that was one of the highlights in 2022 of moving that along. There's still work to be done, and we're still going to be doing more in 2023. I'm hopeful that Japanese encephalitis virus is going to wait for us to get uh, as much work done as we can get done, but we're working as quickly as we can. That sounds good. Megan, can you uh, think of a highlight maybe from the 2022 from the plan of work that you think that um, has been a real good accomplishment? Yeah, one of the aspects of the 2022 plan of work was uh, one of the main headings was to monitor and mitigate risks to swine health. And one of the primary areas within that was to identify common inputs that may be risks for infectious disease entry into swine farms, as well as understanding the association between row finish outbreaks and sow and breeding farm outbreaks. And one of the big accomplishments from the last year was the development of the Wean to Harvest Biosecurity Research Program. We formed that in collaboration with the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research, as well as the Pork Checkoff to enable us to leverage the funds from the Swine Health Information Center to fund research projects focused on identifying new tools and technologies that may allow us to close the gap in biosecurity that we've been seeing in that weed to harvest phase, including those risks at first points of concentration, at slaughter facilities or um, aggregators. And so we're looking at transport biosecurity as well as site biosecurity and the formation of that research program and the uh, solicitation of proposals really fits within that uh, 2022 plan and will, of course, continue to carry over into uh, what we do in 2023. You know, Barb, that was a real good example, again, using it as an example of Schick's ability to change direction and to respond to an urgent need. When we did the 2022 plan of work, back in January of 2022, when the board approved that plan of work, it did not include Weed to Harvest Biosecurity Program. It included components of that, but as we went through the first part of 2022 and did some analysis of data and learned more, June of 2022 was when the Board of Directors said, we need to change projects. We need to change direction. Let's focus on this Weed to Harvest issue. There's a lot of things going along with that, And so we're going to change direction. We're going to put a lot of resources and a lot of concentration on that. It's a real good example of Schick's uh, nimbleness and ability to move according to what the industry needs. I think that's an excellent example because that's one of the things that we were talking about is once you set the plan, is it carved in stone and can't be changed? And you just gave a great example there, Paul, of why we change and why we are nimble and answer questions for producers as they come up. Just a quick question. Uh, we're talking about plan of work. Where do you guys get your ideas for plan of work? We've started talking with our working groups as far as feedback and solicitation of ideas and focus areas. We've also discussed this with our board of directors. We've initiated the contacts of other allied industry, swine veterinarians, producers. We really want to get as much feedback as possible on industry needs and the focus areas for this upcoming year, because our goal is really to 
again, allow our organization to uh, respond to the industry needs and also provide the most value back to producers. So we're currently in that process of soliciting feedback from stakeholders and uh, encourage anyone who would be able to provide us that feedback to reach out to us again, encourage any ideas that we can implement into this 2023 plan. It's always a challenge, Barb, to get as much input as you can. We make telephone calls, individual telephone calls to people, do meetings with veterinary diagnostic labs, and like Megan said, with researchers and allied industries and others. We get as much, we try to throw that net out just as far as we can throw it to get ideas about what we need to accomplish in that next 12 months. All ideas are good ideas. Um, one of the interesting things that happens is that over the years, as the, that those conversations go on, there's about 80% of the ideas that come in that are pretty much all the same. They're, in, they're gotten independently from different people, from different organizations, but um, we're kind of a closed industry and we all know what everybody else is doing and what our issues are. And the, about 80% of the input generally comes from or along the same topics, even though they're from different people or different organizations. 20% are pretty innovative and 20% are out there, but we include everything. Everything that we can get, we send to the check board of directors during their meeting, and we have a long discussion with them about what to keep and what to throw out. So when you get all these ideas from everywhere, how do you guys take those many, many, many ideas and make them into actionable plans? Yeah, a lot of that will be included in the 2023 plan with specific action items under these large headings that we have for monitoring emerging swine diseases, proving swine health information, looking at the swine uh, disease matrices and how can we improve uh, the information that we provide back to the industry, and also surveillance and discovery of emerging diseases. These large headings will have specific action items under them. Some of the programs that we have continuing in 2023, such as the swine disease reporting system, the global disease monitoring, the rapid response team, also our diagnostic fee assay support, those programs also help us identify new and emerging issues in the industry. And we encourage, of course, um, the listeners to take advantage of those. We have diagnostic fee support available for swine veterinarians and producers where a diagnosis has not been reached. And we can provide those funds to assist in achieving a definitive diagnosis. So those programs also allow us to understand current needs of the industry and, and again, adapt to, to answer those needs. That'll all be put together. Uh, all of these ideas are going to be put together and and then given to the presented to the board of directors during their January 2023 meeting. And they're the ones that decide what the plan of work is going to be. We go through each idea that we've gotten individually. We put a proposed budget against it and let them go through the process of setting our yearly plan of work. Some things stay, some things don't all with the eye of does it fit Schick's mission and is it something that Schick should go after in the next 12 months so 
it's a process. We get everything we can. The board gleans out the most important things and the things that we can accomplish in a year. And then we go forward from there. Uh, Megan was mentioning some of the programs that have continued from year to year. Are those programs reviewed each year before you decide to put them in the next year's plan of work, or are they just kind of automatic? Nope, they're not automatic. Nothing in the plan of work is ever automatic. It's always nimble. It's always responsive. And it's year to year, we decide, the board of directors decides if they should be kept, in, whether it's program or research direction or whatever we do. The board of directors sets that um, from year to year. Everything's new and everything's on the table. So if a producer, veterinarian, or whoever is listening to this podcast would like to submit an idea, how should they do that? Uh, please feel free to send Paul or I or the Schick email address uh, any of your feedback, ideas, directives, areas to focus on. We would love to receive as much feedback as possible. Uh, and so we encourage that. Otherwise, feel free to reach out to us on the phone. Give us a phone call or a text or email any way that is easiest for our stakeholders to provide us with that feedback. We would encourage as much as possible. Our deadline for putting the draft together is the 1st of January. Early January is the deadline for that. But like Megan said, if there are things that happen throughout the year that are urgent, our industry needs, plan of work can always be amended. It can always go through the process of, hey, there's something else that happened here and we've got to do something else. So we've got a deadline of, say, January 1 for 2023 as far as ideas but there's no deadline for ideas through 2023. We want ideas whenever they happen. I think that's one of the things that makes Schick so different. Um, are you guys familiar with any other organization and any other commodity group that has this nimbleness and dedicated strictly to swine health or you know that particular species health like uh, Schick is? Well, I think we're pretty unique, Barb. We've got a lot of people both domestically in the US, North America, as well as internationally, North America, South America, and, and overseas, that watch what we do, that monitor what we do, that ask for information about what we do. And I think it's an illustration that was probably pretty unique, not just in the U.S., but around the world. I think it demonstrates the value of what the Swine Health Information Center does and provides with regards to just data. So the fact sheets, the disease matrices, the domestic and global disease reports. Of course, those global disease reports provide information for the swine industry throughout the world. And so the information that we're providing is not only helping to protect and prepare the U.S. industry, but we've become a resource really for the swine industry globally. And I think that, again, demonstrates the value of the organization. What do you think was unique about 2022? What were you guys able to add to the knowledge of the industry that couldn't come from any place else? It only came from Schick because of all your resources, all the different things that you're doing on an everyday basis. You know, I think uh, Megan pointed out the best illustration of that was this Wean to Harvest program. We had outbreak investigations, active outbreak investigations in the Midwest, where we looked at biosecurity deficiencies in finishing floors that allowed 
a disease. It shouldn't have spread that way to spread from finishing floor to finishing floor in the Midwest. We had our swine disease reporting system data that showed that when the there's an outbreak of a disease on a finishing floor, PERS, for example, it usually precedes an outbreak in a breeding herd by about a month or six weeks. That's an analysis of data that we didn't have before. We did direct research about introduction of pathogens into finishing floors that uh, showed that, yeah, you put negative pigs on finishing floors and even though they're negative and we're testing them, they turn positive for PERS, they turn positive for PED. And that's a risk that then translates to a risk to breeding herds. We even had a, a research project that was funded in 2021 that uh, asked about biocontainment in finishing floors and, and elsewhere about ways that other industries do biocontainment of diseases or, or things that may come from their facilities. And uh, what the objective of that was try to figure out if there was something that was translatable to the pork industry about biocontainment. All those things were ship initiatives that led to the consolidation of those ideas in June that came together and said, we need to focus on wean to harvest biosecurity. And that's where we, that's really all of the components that came into this that um, Schick helped to help to make happen. Megan, do you have anything you want to add to that part? There's a few examples that come to my mind with regards to the responsiveness and the programs that Schick has in place to not only inform the industry, but also perform research to, again, understand risks. So one of the examples would be the Actinobacillus pleuronemoniae outbreak in central Iowa last year. And shortly thereafter, the rapid response team that Schick funds investigated that outbreak, uh, tried to identify risk factors for how that bacteria was being transmitted from site to site, looking at and identifying uh, not only rendering transport, but also personnel being uh, utilized at multiple finishing sites. And so uh, identification of risks for introduction and then subsequently, very very shortly thereafter, the outbreak, Schick put together in collaboration with AASV a webinar on actinobacillus pleuronemoniae, looking at diagnostics, looking at the clinical presentation, and then subsequent to that, uh, funded research to understand further about this specific bacterium, the serogroup, what's the unique characteristics, why did this outbreak occur? And similar to that has been the example of Japanese encephalitis virus, not that it occurred in the U.S., but Schick's responsiveness to the JEV outbreak in Australia. Very shortly after that outbreak, we put together a webinar for JEV, understanding the clinical presentation, diagnostics. Subsequent to that, we have funded research on JEV risk introduction into the U.S., and further than that, we put together a JEV symposium to understand current Australia situation, but also to stimulate discussion in the U.S. and with the USDA about our response plan. So really being able to, again, respond to issues, but also look at those in different ways. How do we inform our stakeholders? 
How do we invest in research that's going to help prepare the U.S.? How do we put together and collaborate with other organizations to, again, help prevent and prepare uh, for some of these diseases? You know, Barbara, I think an important point to make is all of these things that we're trying to get done are all related to either preparing, preventing, being able to respond to an emerging disease. Even though we work on ATP 15 in central Iowa and those outbreaks, the focus there really is about biosecurity deficiencies and the Wean to Harvest program is about biosecurity enhancements that we can that we can put into place and we can help identify to prepare producers and prepare our industry for the next emerging disease that's going to come at us. Um, even though we're working on endemic pathogens, it's all with the eye of what does this mean to emerging disease for us in preparation or response. Connecting the dots for us as producers and those who are in the country is really important because we've got a lot of things going on, but connecting those dots with those examples, I think is very helpful for us to understand exactly where we're going with all that. So either one of you have anything else that you would like to add to our wrap up uh, 2022 uh, podcast? I'll offer something that I usually try to include in just about every interview, the appreciation of all of the collaboration that we get, all of the input we get, whether it's a university researcher, it's a practitioner out in the field, it's a producer calling from a barn, everybody is willing to give some input, everybody's willing to work together. And that's really, I think, part of the strength of Schick in getting those folks together and, and listening to ideas and making a difference. We're trying to make a difference for each one of them. I would just encourage the feedback, anyone who's listening to provide us with information and directives and ideas about 2023. We're really here to serve the industry and serve producers to improve swine health. So encourage anyone to provide us with that feedback so that we can make the next year produce as much value as possible. I'd like to thank both Dr. Sundberg and Dr. Niederwerder for their time today in wrapping up 2022 and laying out our plans for 2023. Thank you for listening to Schick Talk from the Swine Health Information Center. Learn more about our organization and our mission to protect the health of the U.S. swine herd at www.swinehealth.org.